my God, where's his head? I had to get on. All right, headless person number two. Headless person number two. All right, headless headless person number one here. And uh, let's welcome to our pilot show. We're going to talk about games and be going over some of reviews of games that we've played and then also have some sections where we talk about our general thoughts on games. Just kind of be talking all about the world of games that we've grown to love so much over the years. We love games. <laughs> love, love games. All right, so we just tried a game that's been out for a little while now called Marvel Champions. Uh, I just got this game about four days ago and played it of some with my family, played some solo games of it, and got the headless bee, as I'll call him, or head, headless person number two, <laughs> to play it with me today. And we just got finished playing his first game, and I've played mm, probably about seven or so games of it now. All right, so let me give you the little, little blurb about it for those who are totally unfamiliar with the game. But uh, So it is a, a fantasy flight game uh, along the lines of their living card games of the Arkham Horror card game and the Lord of the Rings uh, living card game, which I've played both of those. Um, I like the Lord of the Rings one quite a bit. I like the Arkham Horror ones. I've played uh, both of those with my kids and my wife. Um, and I think those games are good. And it's got the same sort of deck building mechanics that those games have, where it's sort of a structured, but you do sort of build it. Uh, another living card game of FFGs was Star Wars a Living Card Game. That had a very structured deck building component. So it's not quite as limited as that in some ways, but in other, in other ways you could argue it's maybe more limited because in, in that game, you basically picked 10 cards to build your deck out. In this game, you're, you pick your hero, and that fixes about a third of your deck. And then the other two-thirds of your deck, you have a choice of what kind of aspect you want the hero to, to play with. Uh, and that influences if he's going to have kind of group-boosting abilities. Uh, you know, so you basically choose between leadership, justice, uh, protection, and aggression. You know, The names kind of give a little bit of an idea of how they work. Leadership is sort of building up boosting things for your allies and helping other people on your team. Aggression is more direct damage. Justice is sort of a little more all around, maybe a little more finesse-y. Uh, I'd have to, I'll have to look at Justice a little more. It's the one I've played the least. Uh, protection is, uh, you know, kind of defensive abilities and help healing people and things like that. Uh, so you pick one of those aspects and that'll, that'll fix anywhere from the other two-thirds of your deck, you know, however much of your other two-thirds of your deck you want it to, and then you can put like basic cards in for the rest, for the remainder. And so with that deck building mechanic, I mean, that'll probably be the difference, I think, between whether you like this game more or Legendary more. If you like those two, you know, both very similar topics have kind of a similar vibe. I don't remember. Does Legendary have a fixed deck or...? Uh, so Legendary, you are playing with, you know, it's cooperative and you're mm. all sort of playing with the same cards in front of you and you're deck building as you're going. Oh, okay, yes, I remember now. Right, I so you're not, yes, you, yeah. don't, you don't come to that with a deck yes, built. Yes, you, yes, depending yes. on the scenario, you kind of build your deck and you kind of make a decision which hero decks you want out there. Yeah. Uh, and so you're building it as you go. This game's more, you know, a little more of a traditional deck builder, deck building mechanic in that you build your deck ahead of the game and then bring it and kind of see how well you can do against the scenario. So that's, that's sort of the intro. Well, is, is that, okay, yeah, I see. Normally, I think of a deck building a game as one where you, like Dominion or something, where you start off with a small hand, like Legendary, mm -hmm. and you add cards to it. Mm -hmm. But in, in this game, 
all the cards that you're going to use are in your deck. Yeah, I mean, right. I guess once, I guess once you select them. Yeah, it's right. a definitional issue, I guess. If, you, if you're saying a deck-building game or deck-building is part of the game, then yes, that's not what this is during the actual gameplay. If you're talking about deck-building as, like, I mean, I think of card games like Magic and, yeah. and those kinds of things. I mean, I'd argue more than half of that game is deck-building. It's just before you play pre, the game, pre, right? Yeah, okay. <laughs> but, yeah, it's not, it's not part of the gameplay yeah. while you're playing. But there is, you can make custom decks, which is how they call it, what they okay. call it, right? Because okay. you have a custom deck that you make in this. I'll let you go first, B, since you uh, had your first experience with it, so I don't pollute your experience too much with mine. But All right. what, what, what were your initial <clears throat> thoughts? When you explained it to me, the first thing I kind of thought was that, at least superficially, it had a lot of similarities with uh, Sentinels of the Multiverse. Mm-hmm. You have, it's a cooperative game, each player controls a hero, right? And there's a villain deck, basically. I don't know what they call it in this game, but mm-hmm. it's like the villain deck. Yeah, I don't know if it's called the villain deck or the scheme deck, but it, yeah, it's a villain yeah. deck. And it does have these sort of separate like elements in it, like here, Sentinels of the Multiverse. But they do it in a different way, where you have the modular uh, stuff to sort of build the deck for your, your heroes. and that. As opposed to... In, in Sentinels of Multiverse, they, they're not modular, really. You just kind of have, mm-hmm. like, the, the fixed deck. Right. The, um, the deck for Speedster Guy is Speedster right. Guy deck. Right. right. Mm-hmm. And I, I do like, actually, there's some things I thought that, that it did better, actually. Mm-hmm. I like that a, a, a lot of the sort of superhero comic book tropes are really built into the system. Like, for example, the, the flipping from your alter identity... Alternate identity? Is that what it's called? Uh, your alter ego. Alter ego mm-hmm. versus your superhero your, identity. Yeah, your secret, your secret identity. Right, and right. there's, you know, obviously that's something in the comics, although I was trying to think of also actual superheroes that don't really have an alter ego. Mm-hmm. You know, some like Doctor Strange is just Doctor Strange. He's himself. He doesn't mm-hmm. really have a secret identity. Although, maybe is all, I, have, there's, I haven't seen if there's any character like that, but maybe... Well, there is a Doctor Strange deck. Yeah. I, don't, I don't have it. I'm kind of curious what his alter ego would be. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's just oh, he's meditating in his <laughs> in his uh, his hovel or something. Yeah. Well, in the way they do it, it's I mean, I wouldn't. I mean, the same thing for like Reed Richards or something, mm-hmm. right? How right. do they handle somebody who doesn't have like? But maybe that's why they call it alter ego instead of secret identity, yeah. right? Because it's sort like he's of like, being a scientist right now, right, doing yeah. the science stuff instead of doing his superhero stuff. Yeah. Um, and the other thing feature about that specific game mechanic that I like is, you know, in Central's multiverse when you. You get your hit points applied to you uh, in damage. Like, that's it. There's really kind of... If you don't have powers to mitigate that or anything, Mm -hmm. this allows... This gives you a reason to go to your alter ego, and that's when you heal. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you want to. And and do actually different stuff. Yeah, they really... That's cool. Yeah, they gave you a good reason to change back and forth, right? Right. It's not... It's not like... It doesn't feel tacked on either. It feels really integral. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. it's like the actual switching of of identity is a thing. I know... You know, Batman is not Marvel character, but I could totally see, you know, doing the Batman stuff and then being Bruce Wayne and, and carousing with rich people and making connections and that kind of stuff, you know, if they had that. Mm-hmm. Another thing similar to Sentinels was the, the scaling based on the number of players, which is very reasonable. Mm-hmm. But also, again, one of the things I thought was better was the ability to sort of customize your deck a bit right, mm-hmm. with, the, with the modules. One thing I... Uh, so I died like uh, early on, earlier on in the game, and it was because I was inattentive. I like again, 
I should have been able to just easily change my alter ego and not been attacked, right? Mm -hmm. But I didn't. Because you have a separate, like, damage tracker, Mm -hmm. um, I kind of, I mean, I'm... It's not an excuse to just right. you're gonna not use, notice you're gonna it. You're going to use it as an excuse. Though. Yeah, but it was, you know, it's like because I didn't have it like on my card, mm-hmm. it was separate. Like I didn't really think about it. And mm-hmm. then I was, I had only one hit point and then I died. <laughs> well, and some of that is a little in familiarity too, because you, if you had played the game multiple times like I had before, you would have seen mm-hmm. those cards that come out yeah. every once in a while that yeah. plink you for one or two. Yeah. And so you'd have been a little more worried about it. In some ways, it's it's more the process is more complicated. In some ways, it's simpler. So there are fewer like little sort of status things. It looks like they basically have like three status like little markers, yep. which are like tough, uh, which is kind of makes you I guess sort of take a damage without like taking damage. Uh, it basically you take that card away instead of yeah. taking damage. So and if you the, take one or ten, it doesn't right. matter. And stunned, which is kind of like the opposite, is like you can't do an attack unless. You get rid of it by doing an attack that doesn't attack. Mm-hmm. And there was like a third one. Confusion, which is the same as stun, except for when the villain is scheming, which yeah. is the non-damage aspect of the game. Right. So there are, there are sort of fewer markers in this game than in Sentinels, right? Mm-hmm. Which can get kind of, they kind of pile up a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, although they might be useful reminders for mm-hmm. some people. And how many states are there in Sentinels again? I... There, there aren't a lot of different states, actually. But in this game, you get a stun card, but you can only have one of each uh, mm-hmm. status marker, mm-hmm. right? Whereas in Sentinels, you can get a... Especially like with Legacy, you can give everyone a plus one and another plus one. And mm-hmm. another can you get like... They have like, oh, they have like stunned states in, in that, don't they? Uh, I don't I, remember them being I, like states. I don't, I don't remember, but they have, they have a lot more counters that you can end up using. Okay. Yeah. So you probably need to play it again. <laughs> yeah. It's been a while since I've played Sentinels. One thing I, you know, from a setup perspective, I think it is more complicated because you have kind of, what are the schemes? There's more mm. than one card associated with the scheme, right? Depending on the on the villain, yeah. You mean yeah. The, the main scheme that yeah. the, is sort of the right. kind of stages that the uh-huh. villain works through. Right? right. What comes in the base game, anyway, mm-hmm. there's three different villains in the Rhino, mm-hmm. Claw, and the yeah. Crimson Cowl is the third one. Yeah. So, uh, First one has one stage, the second uh, one has two stages, and the first one had three yeah. stages. So. There are some... One thing I was thinking about is that, like, in the in the play... Again, I think it's a, it's more complicated than Sentinels of the Multiverse in terms of play because it's much more important, I think, in terms of, like, the order that you play stuff in, mm-hmm. the sequence, and, and what you choose. It becomes... It has a much more sort of Magic the Gathering kind of puzzle kind of feeling. Right. And I personally don't really like that that much because mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, in a war game, and this isn't, right, but mm-hmm. in a normal war game, if I make a decision to do one thing or another, the other player, and again, is another way it's different. It's not, it's a cooperative game. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you might be trying to play the mind of the other player and mm-hmm. going one strategy or the other. But in those cases where it's like a puzzle, a lot of times it just feels like you're just looking for the most efficient way to do something. Like you could do the same thing in two different ways. One's just better than the other. Mm-hmm. And if one is just clearly better than the other, then it's almost like it's not really a choice to me of mm-hmm. choosing one kind of action versus another. It's just like, well, I can get three points of damage this way versus five points of damage if I do it this way. Yeah, although I don't... Uh, for this kind of game, I think that is appropriate. I mean, that's not... This isn't a role-playing card game, mm. right? It's a it's a game with an objective, and 
and there and sure there'll be some times where there'll be mm-hmm. a couple different things you do it doesn't matter one way or the other but th- it should make a difference i think which which decision you make on if you're going to do it in sequence a or sequence b mm-hmm. uh because getting two more points of damage is going to bring you that much closer to the goal line right so but i think i think the decision between like do i do more scheme reduction or do more damage mm-hmm. right like to me that's a real choice mm-hmm. right like a one that's like kind of a strategic more of a strategic choice like mm-hmm. what you're going to do but like the detailed mechanics of how do i get more of the same thing mm-hmm. doesn't feel like really a choice to me mm-hmm. right uh, okay, I'm but not it, sure but, I agree with that, but okay. <laughs> but but it is like a puzzle solving mm-hmm. thing, which I think mm-hmm. you know a lot of people enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Right. Overall, you know, I like I like the game. Okay. Yeah, I, I would play it again. All right. I think it's not as easy to pick up as what's that DC Hero one where uh, uh, DC Deck Builder. Yeah, it's like we're just, it, it's that's super simple. Yeah, right? yeah, that one's really. It doesn't super matter whether simple. you kick or you got laser eye beams or whatever. Yeah. It's like oh, plus one point. <laughs> yeah, no, that game's really. I, I like that game a lot. But it's very much like the the skin on top of like kind of a simple numbers mm. game, right? Mm. But I, I I do like that game a lot. It's got it's got a good they did a good job on making that a, a good vibe. We can review, review that game too. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, and speaking of, since we're talking about these different superhero games in comparison to this, like I'm now I wonder, right? Is how much of it. Is it, is it a game... Like, how, how tied is the theme to the game mechanics themselves, mm-hmm. right? I think it is pretty well tied in. And mm-hmm. I, I do really like that because you, know, you have all kinds of games where it's like, it doesn't really matter what the theme is. Mm-hmm. And you could use the same mechanic and call it something else. But in this case, right, the whole... The alter ego flipping mm-hmm. and the allies, I think I, I like that. I think that that feels mm-hmm. right yeah. to me. Um. You know, I, I will say something else that I liked about this game mm-hmm. was um, the speed, and I wasn't used to this, mm-hmm. but the speed at which you go through your deck, mm-hmm. right? And um, it's sometimes, I don't know if annoying is the right word, but sometimes you play a game where you have a deck mm-hmm. and you just never see that card that you put in there and you're right. waiting for, right? Yeah, yeah. In this game, you're going to see it. Yeah, right? you're going to go through your deck yeah. at least a couple times. Probably. And uh, which means... Unless and, you're doing horribly or awesome. <laughs> and and you may you may or may not get to use those cards you yeah. put in. But I actually like that better because mm-hmm. now you're, it, it comes up in the situation... You like what better? The, this with it? You get this, to see this? Yeah, yeah the, de- the demands of the situation, yeah. you're going to decide, oh, I'm... I'm I like this, but I can't use it. Now. Yeah, no, I've, I, and I, I, I agree with that sentiment. I've seen that done... In a lot of other games mm-hmm. uh, in the past, where and, and it was like one of the big issues with like Magic when it mm-hmm. first came out, right? Was that you would build this deck, you know, originally it was only forty card size, and then they upped it to sixty because it's too easy to have abusive combos in forty. So, <laughs> um, but you'd only ever, you know, mm-hmm. especially really high levels of play, you'd only ever see like ten or fifteen of those cards, right? And that's it, right? <laughs> um, and so other games that came after would try to in, kind of increase that. So, and they usually would do it with like drawing mechanics where you draw yeah. faster and stuff like that. Um, uh, I think there's been, I'd have to think about it. I'm pretty sure I've played other games like this. But this, the way this game handles it is that you basically, you have the choice at the end of your turn of holding on to whatever you want to uh, or, you know, just dump your whole hand and get a whole new hand. And usually it's better to just like mm-hmm. use whatever you can out of your hand Mm-hmm. And when you get to the end, if you didn't use it, 
probably get rid of it uh, unless it's something you are planning on playing the following turn. Yeah. Like holding on to anything for more than one turn in this yeah. game is like pretty much not, doesn't seem like a necessary or good strategy, at least my low level of play with it so far. Well, and additionally, there are some abilities, right, when you when you play the card that uses uh, cards drawn from the deck as sort of a randomizer. Mm-hmm. So for more, what do you call it, electrical power or whatever. Right, right, right. Yeah, like the example. Repulsor Blast yes. from Iron Man, which is a variable amount of damage it does mm-hmm. based on what you draw. Yeah, so that help, that makes you go through the deck yeah. faster as well. Yeah, and there's a few things that help you do that. And, and then also, that's also part of like how you could build your deck, right, mm-hmm. is based on, like, if you were making a deck around Iron Man's Propulsor Blast and you wanted to really increase the chances of the damage that does, right? You load it up with as much electricity-based cards as you can, right? Or energy, I guess, uh, what they it, call now, it. Now, is that, is that allowed? Because I thought you put a whole module in or not. Yeah, well, no, you don't put a whole module in uh-huh. of, you know, if you take Justice, uh-huh. right? You just, you have to put all of Iron Man's cards in. Uh-huh. And the other two-thirds is really quite open, depending on how big your collection is. Now, with the base game, you won't have that many options. Um, You'll pick, you know, justice or aggression or leadership and put almost every card you have of that in Oh, okay. And that's how it ends (laughs) up the way it is. But but as your collection grows, you know, you'll have more and more and more options of what to put in there. And you could uh, probably slant it towards certain things a lot easier or better, which is typical with the... The FFG um, card game, uh, these living card games, is like you know the the bigger your collection gets, the, the more, more competitive you, you are. More tune, the more you tune it, the better. <laughs> but this is a cooperative, you know, so it just makes your you know, it's sort of like Lord of the Rings. It just makes it a little your decks more yeah. powerful for getting through tougher and tougher things. And you know, and I I think that's an important point actually because um, in this case because they have different scales of difficulty, right? Mm-hmm. You can make the choose a more a higher level. Villain. They yeah. also have additional complications that you put in the the villain deck mm-hmm. and stuff, and so I don't find the fact that you can get more cards for your collection and fine tune it more and make mm-hmm. it, you know, isn't isn't offensive, right? Because well, you don't have imbalance between players who have different, right, right, know. and unless somebody, I mean. If- Unless you're playing with your friend and he's got nothing and his deck just sucks compared to yours, but then you but you're still to, winning together. Yeah, you're still winning together, together, and then you just are like, oh, I'm this guy, and then he's like your sidekick. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's, your, he's your horrible sidekick. Yeah. I or you know uh, or whoever uh, Hulk came to the fight drunk today or something. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, and and it's nice too because then the other thing you do, it doesn't necessarily just make the game easier because as you get your deck more tuned you can just also increase the difficulty because they have various kind of like levers you can pull to make the villains you face, you know, aside from the different villains themselves being more or less difficult, you can do things to up the difficulty level with uh, any particular villain. And they have an expert mode that you can do. And I tried the expert mode, which, and I'd heard some people comment on like, oh, it makes it like just way, way harder. It's not just a little tick up. I tried it and I actually didn't find it to be that much I mean it did make it more difficult it depends somewhat like with any of these card games it depends a bit on how you draw right so but I, I found it to be pretty pretty manageable and I I could see like I could really see once you get your decks kind of mm-hmm. start getting more and more tuned that you'd only want to play on the expert level because otherwise it wouldn't be challenging probably all right so I give some of my overall thoughts about it like you did on it being 
similar to same games, you know, Sentinels of the Multiverse immediately came to mind. Um, and I, I like Sentinels of the Multiverse, but I will say Sentinels of the Multiverse, and, and I think this is part of the thing with the, and this is going to somewhat just depend on if you like this kind of game or not, mm. uh, whether you like deck building or not. Or, and, and actually one of the things they do nice in this too is if you don't like deck building, the decks all come pre-made with certain, you know, so certain ones come kind of pre-made already. And if you don't, and you're not into that, you can just play with the ones as they are. And they're pretty good. They're not, they're, they're better than most pre-made decks, I'd say, uh, in my experience. They're, they're pretty decent. Again, I'm moderately new to the game, though, so maybe, like, once you've gotten every single expansion out there and you've really, really tuned your deck, the, the basic decks seem like total garbage, which <laughs> could totally be the way it is. But the one aspect of that, as far as a game overall, that I think is different about this that I like it, compared to like Sentinels is that the fact that you then can start kind of building the deck the way you want it mm -hmm. and start like putting things in, taking things out, pick, pick which aspect you want and pick things about it. That then gives you kind of more ownership over that deck and that character. Mm -hmm. So it makes you kind of more invested. And then, so when I'm playing, I personally, I enjoy that more, right? So when I'm playing like legendary or Sentinels in the multiverse mm -hmm. and I, I like those games, but there's a little bit missing Like for less me. ownership yeah, of there's your le character. Less right? ownership of, so I'm playing this game. Yeah, it's fun. Once the game's over, it was like, nah, okay, right? When I finish this kind of game, I think, oh, hey, that was good. Oh, this card I put in there didn't work. I could make it better if I take this out and I put this in. And, you know, and then you, it sort of becomes an evaluation on, your, on yourself, right? On like, if I made this better, did I make this worse, right? And you kind of get to do these iterations and see like, oh, this worked really well. I like this. And, you know, so it sort of becomes a bit of a, you look at it as sort of a reflection on yourself maybe. So that's why you're more invested in it. And um, so. Well, that, th this comes to like a, a larger thing that we've talked about before, mm -hmm. not on this show, but like <laughs> um, where uh, you have these kinds of games that either um, they're, you're easy, it's easy to drop into and just play right away or the kind of games that you think about even when you're not playing. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you have the ability to customize your deck some, mm -hmm. it makes it one of those games. Yeah. Where even when you're not playing, you think think about like how you're going to yeah. or set you could, things up. Or you could, you know? you know, spend time, yeah, just spend time setting things up and figuring out how to do it. And that's, you know, and that's yeah. where, you, and that's what people used to do with magic all the time too, mm -hmm. right? You sit around and spend yeah. five hours making decks to, you know, <laughs> play for an hour or something. I don't know the the way you said that though. You framed it a bit as like maybe a little bit mutually exclusive. I don't necessarily think for this game that it is because you can you could treat this game totally just mm -hmm. as like Sentinels of the Multiverse and just not touch anything, leave everything the way they gave it to uh -huh. you, play it that way, drop in, drop out, uh -huh. not do, and still have. I think probably an an equal experience is what you would have in those well, other games. I, I agree, and I, but but. The difference is that there's an option right. to do so. Right. right. Um, and, just, I mean, just for me personally, and part of it, I mean, I got this game partly because I wanted to re review it for, you know, our discussion here, but I'd also been kind of interested in looking at it. And I feel like when I got it and I played it and then I played it some more and I played it some more and I played some solo games of it, I was doing that because I really, really enjoyed that aspect. I mean, that's the other thing with solo play. Uh, let, me, oh, let me get to the solo play in a second. Let me finish... Uh, as far as just the overall gameplay itself, as far as the difference between this and Legendary, like after playing Legendary, I felt like playing that again with friends maybe sometime down the road. 
you know, and that same thing, Sentinels in the Multiverse, played that. Yeah, it was fun. I'll play that again. Good games, right? But I didn't have as much of the feel as I did with this game of like, okay, I got to play this again, like tomorrow or right now, right? <laughs> you know, bit of that sort of uh, hit that you know, used to get maybe with, you know, some of these you know, like magic type games and stuff when they, you know, first came out. Like, wow, that was really, really good. Um, and, and this game had a, a bit of that magic again for me, so... That speaks highly of it. it. It did a really good job. Now, FFG's done good jobs on some of those things before. They do have a bit of a, I mean, you know, for better or worse, you know, they do a good job on getting these games really going and, and getting them really doing well. And then, you know, after they kind of run their course of a few years, the they sort of burn, kind of they sort of burn out, right? <laughs> and I don't know, maybe this game will be like that too. But um, so far, it's, it's really good. It's got, to me, it's got a lot of the right elements. It's more interesting to me in a in a field of games that's fairly crowded that I've tried some of the other ones and I played them and there wasn't anything wrong with them, but they just didn't pull me in as much as this one did. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention was a solo play too, right? So I've, I, I've never been much of a solo player me of neither. these games. It's, it's just, hard for me to get into yeah, anything it's, like that. Yeah, it is, it is difficult for me to get into that too. I'm going to really, really uh, reach way back. <laughs> but the last time... I had fun with a game that was sort of, that had a solo aspect to it, and it was because it was designed as a solo experience. Mm. Let's see if you can guess which game I'm thinking. Of. Designed as a solo experience. This is really really old, so this will speak to how well you. I don't know. Do I get a clue? <laughs> uh, man, what? all right. I'll, <laughs> I'll I'll give you a clue. It was a game. Oh, this is a big clue. It was a mm-hmm. Games Workshop game. Games Workshop game. So designed as a solo game. I I don't know. Oh, I man, I thought you'd get it with that. Chainsaw Warrior. Oh, yeah. Right. I, I didn't play that game. Before, yeah, so like that. that was the last time. I mean, that's, that's really saying how long ago this was. But that, that was probably like the last sort of solo game. And that game, and even that, it's like after playing it a certain amount of times, it was like, okay, that's enough. Of that. I, get, I get this. But I mean, the first few times I played it as a solo game, I was like, wow, this is really great. But... Usually, um, I've just never been into, you know, I see other people play games and they look for solo games because maybe they have a hard time finding opponents to play with and stuff. So that all being said, solo games are not my thing. I prefer to, you know, I just don't get satisfaction out of them generally. I actually enjoyed this game as a solo game. I played probably four solo games of it since, you know, four, well, that, four that's days ago. Well, that's a lot, you know. Yeah, that's a lot. For, I mean. <laughs> for considering I only got this game like three, four days ago. And you don't. Really and I don't really like, like solo games. Yeah, and I yeah, don't really, really like solo games. And I played it about four times solo, and that's not because I was, uh, you know, trying to just solely get a gauge of it for this, right? Like part of it, part of it was oh, I wanted to see how good it was as a solo mm-hmm. game, right? So that's that explains like one or two of them, right? Like, but I played it four times because I legitimately enjoyed it. I think it's a good solo game. There are some problems, at least with some. So. And this was early on, again. So of my solo games I played, I did, was it, uh, at least at least two of them versus the Rhino, who's the first you know, guy. Because well, it was one of the first ones. So I'll, I'll try it out against him, see how it is. <laughs> no, I did three of them. Three of them against Rhino, actually. And two out of the three games ended with Rhino winning without me being able to do a thing about it and without me having done anything wrong. Uh, so that's, um, 
And, to and still me, it was fun. Well, it was fun, you know, and I was a little frustrated when that happened. I, I saw it a bit as a, a fluke of like, a, well, not a fluke, but it's a, as a little bit of an unlucky thing that happened. It's not like it shouldn't mm. happen, but it can happen. And it can happen often enough that it did happen to me two out of three times <laughs> that I played. Now, it shouldn't happen two out of three times that you played. That should not happen. I was pretty unlucky. Mm. And it also, it also would be much harder for that to happen with, with the other villains. One of the reasons that it can happen with him so easily is because he's only got one stage. And so if you get really unlucky with that one stage, that's where he can end the game right away. And with other villains that are multi-stage ones, it's, it's much more difficult for that to happen. Um, and it's also something peculiar to, I think, the single-player experience because when you have the way this game scales, when you have multiple people playing and it increases the amount the villain needs to scheme as well, it makes it much, much less likely that something like that can happen to, mm-hmm. to maybe impossible. I'd have to look at it even, but... Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't think it would even be possible with two players. Um, it's, a, it's a certain sequence of cards that can come up. Mm. But despite that, I still, I still um, enjoy the game. And, and, that's a, and I think that that, that that can happen, and maybe there'll be some other villains in the future that have bad experiences with the solo play. But some of that is because you, know, you have a little bit of a luck-driven aspect, and it's cards, and you know, depending on how they draw, you know, can be moderately wild fluctuations. Having it where the, you can be dealing with everything really, really well, and then just have like a bad turn at the end that you can't do anything about is, uh, you know, that's a little bit frustrating. But, but again, I mean, I, I guess that could also speak to how much I enjoyed the solo experience is that even though that happened to me, I still, I still like the solo game. And I just played against a different villain and that went really well and I liked that and I could see myself doing it again. Well, it's not, it's not whether you win or lose the game, it's how you <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Not how I play. Yeah. To me, it's all about winning. No. Um, I wanted to add something else about mm-hmm. uh, the sort of rules experience, right? Mm-hmm. So we, we came across a situation where um, we weren't sure what the right answer was <laughs> regarding um, the I, scale yeah. in the middle of the game, yeah, right? Yeah, I know what you're going to say. Uh, well, the, the problem was, and, and this is not actually pertinent to the, the experience I'm trying to describe here, but so my character died. Right, and so the question became: you didn't die, you got knocked out, or knocked out, whatever. <laughs> I was out, and the question became whether or not the scaling of the game continued based on the number of players remaining in the game actively, mm-hmm. right, or whether it was the number. Yeah, current did, did it decrease? Yeah. Um, it turns out that the rulebook does have the answer to this. However, I thought it was good actually in the rulebook that it said in the beginning. There's this rule; it's called the Grim Rule or something like that, right? <laughs> It basically says if you can't find the rule that you're looking for, the answer that you you need, then the players would agree to the worst possible interpretation, you know, and, and use Assume that. Assume the worst. Assume the worst. The world right? is a terrible place. And, you know, whether you say it should be the worst or the best, you know, uh, it didn't matter. What I liked was that in the rule book in the very beginning, it basically gave you an instruction on how to use the rules, mm-hmm. Right. And I think there's some old, like older games tended to do this. They would say, this is how you read these rules in some cases. And I haven't seen that a lot mm-hmm. lately, mm-hmm. right? But this one did. And so even before we found the correct answer, and the answer happened to be, no, it's based on how many people started the game. Yeah, which we makes al- it much harder. We already had the answer, yeah. or we had an answer that we could have used based on that grim yeah. rule. Yeah, the so, grim rule would have been this that answer. The, yeah. That would have been the worst. But <laughs> but I, I thought that was very useful because there's there's a lot of times in in any game where 
you kind of get in a rut and you get stuck mm-hmm. because it's like, well, what's the answer to this question? And you mm-hmm. go flipping through a rule book and you can't find it, right? Mm-hmm. And neither can you decide on something that we all agree upon. But mm-hmm. this tells you yeah. the worst. It's worst. <laughs> when you get two interpretations, pick the bad one. Yeah. Right. No, that was, that, was, that was interesting. I was surprised that was actually in the rule book, actually. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm pretty familiar with a lot of FFG rule books, mm-hmm. and it has a, the same style. They have the one book that's like the learn how to play that kind of walks you through uh-huh. uh, you know, the beginner experience, and then they have the rules reference book, which is like yeah. the actual rules in, yeah. in order, alphabetical order, sort of, right? Yeah, that, that's a distinction as well, right? Mm-hmm. Because there was a, a sort of slight difference in the rule summary mm-hmm. versus the actual rule yeah, in yeah. another there, place. Yeah. And, you know, I think reasonably you would assume, okay, the summary is just a summary to remind you. Right. And the actual rule is, because you know, this happens a lot, right, in any game. Yeah. Yeah. That is, although I will say that is a pet peeve of mine with FFG rules is they do, they do have a tendency, and, and I've run into this to a lot of these, their game, and especially this kind of line of games of theirs before mm-hmm. too, where... They're very particular. They, they like to be very particular about specific kinds of wording and not other kinds mm-hmm. of wording. And some of the players of their games, too, will get kind of snotty on the boards, too, about like, oh, well, it's obvious because it says this. And it's like, well, no, it's not obvious because there's 15 other people that ask this question, right? Mm-hmm. So it's really, so you can leave, leave your attitude aside. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not obvious or by default it wouldn't be in the fact or it wouldn't be something out here, right? Mm-hmm. The, the reason why it's in the fact is because it's not obvious, you know? Mm-hmm. And then you get, you know, and that, that's a, something that's a pet peeve of mine. People who get snotty about the rules being mm-hmm. questioned because, well, it's clear. And it's like, well, maybe you think it's clear, but yeah. it's not clear to everybody. And it doesn't, there's no reason to not just answer their question. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just... You know, let's, let's just answer the question and let's try to stop in, uh, insulting their intelligence. And certainly don't insult my intelligence because <laughs> I would not be asking a question if it wasn't a question. Um, well, if anything, it's a, it's a, it's a prompting for them uh, in their next edition to clear that up. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Well, and sometimes it's though they, they, they stick with some of the things and it's, okay, well, do this should you should word it different next time and then they don't it's still worded the same way <laughs> i'll i'll you know i'm not being totally fair cuz i'm not giving examples specific examples as i say this but it's just this is the the general uh rules malaise that mm-hmm. <laughs> has embedded itself in mm-hmm. in me somewhat after years of some of the some of the stuff i in general they do a good job on uh, and their format of laying the rules out the way they do on like a learn to play book and then a rules reference um, I mean, some people like that, some people don't. I think in general, I lean a little on the, I like, I think it's good. You know, it kind of helps have a way to get into the game quick and not have to read every rule. And then when, after you've played it and you want to like, oh, I need to figure out a little more about this. You have a more structured place to go. Um, yeah, I, I also, I don't have any complaint with the rules. I mean, having seen a lot of rules written that were not done very well, Mm-hmm. Um, I'm appreciative of well-done rules. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. This is definitely much more on the side of well-done rules yeah. than not. Uh, one of the other aspects that we didn't... I mean, you talked a little bit about this, about the game, is it, but didn't talk about it as much, is the vibe uh, of some of the things in the game that I do like. They, there are some flavor things in there, mm-hmm. and you talked about the alter ego, in the and, and I do also really like the implementation of that. It really gives you a reason to be switching back and forth, uh-huh. and... It really makes sense and it's really integrated into the game well. It's probably the best use of 
alter ego slash secret identities that I've seen in like a superhero game. And then I also liked the nemesis thing. They have, they add a thing in too where each hero has a nemesis oh, card yeah, 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 that, gets yeah. added, that gets added into the villain deck so that you are going through the game and at some point you're Spider-Man and you got to pay your rent all of a sudden, right? And it's, you know, so that, it's that a, was something we thought of in our own game, actually. No, oh, yeah. Recall, mm, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so you get these, you get these things that, that pop up that are particular to that character that you have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, maybe it comes up, maybe it doesn't. And then uh, your nemesis can show up too. And uh, there was a game where I was playing with my wife and she was playing She-Hulk and... Mm-hmm. Titania shows up and then we got to deal with her and it's, it's good. And then they also, the implementation of the side schemes, which the nemesis also have side schemes that they bring in where mm-hmm. you have the scheme that the, the villain is trying to complete and they can have other things come in that modify those. And that all is implemented really well. It's all, it all does a really good job of having the good feel of superheroes and superhero mission going on. And, and in some ways, kind of similar to what happens in, in feel to me anyway, and like what happens in legendary with the missions that the bad guys are trying to complete, but abstracted in a different way. And I, and I kind of like the way it works here better. It's well done. There's, there's really not a, not a lot that I can think of to say I don't like about the way they implemented this game. I think if you don't like this game, then it's probably because you don't like the, the style of game that it is. Like you don't like living card games period, right? It doesn't matter what, what it is, right? You don't want to have to buy more than, you know, the base set, which I will say again, though, even with it, this game probably more so, well, that to me, definitely more so than either of the other FFG card games that I talked about, the Lord of the Rings one or the Arkham Horror one. This game on its own felt much more complete than those ones did. Partially, you could say, well, that's because <laughs> FFG's normal strategy is, uh, you know, the game with these types of things, it's it's good enough for two players if you buy one set, and you got to buy two sets if you really want to be able to play with four people. This game's right out of the box already set up to be able to play with four people right away. Yeah, nice. But it's, that's because it's like twice as much as what the other ones normally are. Okay. So they just kind of made you buy the two uh-huh. sets, right? It's definitely, it is like the most kind of complete experience on its own, and you wouldn't need to buy anything else. They're betting on that you'll like the game enough and want to get you know, just some more of your other favorite heroes mm-hmm. and want to be able to get delve into it more. And for me, yeah, that's exactly the, they, they, they've got me, right? <laughs> you know, what's going to happen. But if you're not into that, you know, and you just want to have the game and have it be like another legendary type game on your shelf and a substitute for that, it could totally do that too. Mm-hmm. So I think the, it's a, it's a well done game. I overall uh, enjoy it quite a bit. I think it's one of the better games that I've seen FFG come out with uh, recently for my tastes anyway. And uh, I definitely, definitely recommend it. I want to second what Headless Number 1 said about, like, <laughs> the characters' particular challenge cards that they mm-hmm. put in the in the, the deck. I forgot, mm-hmm. what, what were they called again? What, the, the obligations? Obligations, right. yeah, the mm-hmm. obligations. Mm-hmm. I thought that, you know, it's really good so that it's... And, you know, and to think about, like, the work that went into that, right? Like mm-hmm. I said, the, the flipping of the uh, alter ego mm-hmm. and these obligation cards... Uh, really go towards the theme of it. That's another thing in, in comic books, heroes and stuff, mm-hmm. is they got, like, someone's got to save Aunt May, someone's got to worry about their curse <laughs> or their company, mm-hmm. and it's like these sort of side things that complicate the hero's situation 
while they're dealing with whatever crisis they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. I thought that's really good. The inclusion, I mean, and I think about the work that went into that because it's not just like a number. Mm-hmm. It's like it's the situation that, that they're imagining for these characters. So mm-hmm. the theme is very strong, which yeah. I like. Yeah, they did a really good job on the theme. And the artwork on all the cards and everything's really good too. Didn't talk about that. But uh, the theme of the characters is all really well done, really implemented well. Uh, and as an example uh, of a thematic feel to the way the characters are designed even is like Iron Man to me is a good example, right? Like his character, unlike the other ones, he in his alter ego form, about the same as everybody else's, he's got the same hand size and you know got some cool side ability. But when you flip him to his Iron Man side, he's really only good once he starts having pieces of his suit of armor completed for him. So you have to like spend the first part like kind of gearing him up. You know, and because since he's a genius, his his ability on his alter ego side allows him to kind of go through Yeah, it helps him it helps him do that faster, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's it's and by the time he gets really geared up, like so basically he starts out with a if you just have him turn into Iron Man right away, he's weak. He's really weak. He's really weak. As the game goes on, he'll get stronger and stronger at that. And if you really tool him out to his mm-hmm. max, by the by the time he's tooled out, he'll be really, really strong. Yeah. So Oh, um, another thing that they did which I did not experience, but it's, number one, yeah. explained to me, was that um, there is, effectively, there's kind of a campaign, mm-hmm. right, that comes in this box, right? Where yeah. if you play the scenarios in order, or the villains are in, in yeah. their, their challenges. Which, which is consistent with, like, kind of how they do the other living card games, yeah. Arkham Horror one, and the... But you don't uh, have to do it at all. No, you don't. And you don't have to in those other games either, yeah. but they do make the sort of scenarios are... Story-wise linked. There's no gameplay link between them, really. But they're story-wise linked together to where you can kind of follow the thread of the what's kind of happening. They do have some big expansions that have been out for a while. You have to get those next and maybe talk about those at some point in the future. But they've got a Red Skull one out and a Guardians of the Galaxy one that just came out. Uh, there's a bunch of superheroes that have already come out for it. Basically, almost all the movie Avenger people are out now and the Guardians are out. One of the expansions is the Red Skull expansion, which has a campaign system in that that I don't don't know about it yet, but I'll, I'm sure I'll get that at some point in the short short future here and see how that turns out. He won't be able to help himself. That's right. I'm already thinking about buying it, so <laughs> I can't stop. But yeah, no, the I, overall, really good game. We'll see if as it goes on, you know, maybe cards will just go crazy and the game will go down veer down some road that's not fun anymore i don't know we'll see but so far right now in the state that i've seen it which is actually probably still fairly early on because i only got a couple of the expansions and i I don't have any of the the other ones out there so but as i you know my initial look at it as somebody if you're looking at maybe getting into this game now as as you know i'm excited to get into it now i'm glad that i'm getting into it now at this point where the game is in the early stages of maturity there's actually a lot of stuff out there I could buy to jump in with now. I don't have to wait like two months before the next thing comes out. Like I could buy stuff for this game for the next several months, right? And it's there's enough material out there to keep me busy for a while and not have to wait. Like just gonna have to restrain myself artificially. <laughs> Whereas if you got the game when it very first came out, right, you'd probably have to do that kind of Christmas morning, wait till the next, you know, wait till the next pack comes out kind of thing. But yeah, overall, I, I enjoyed the experience, and it sounds like you enjoyed it overall, too, Headless 2B. <laughs> yeah, even though I died like halfway through, I thought... You didn't die. It was I was knocked out. Knocked out. You don't die in it was good. superhero games. <laughs> I kept the same when I was having like Thor hit people. I, thought, I killed this guy. Oh, wait, no, I didn't kill him. I knocked him out. 
don't kill people. You're a superhero. But yeah, no, that was it's good. I thoroughly, uh, I thoroughly enjoy it. So I'm glad to, glad you were able to struggle through my explaining the game as well. And able to, although I didn't explain it to you well enough to keep you from knocking yourself out. No, no, that was just, that was <laughs> that was my carelessness for sure. Yeah. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Headless Gamers and listening to our discussion on Marvel Champions. We both really enjoyed the game and the inventive mechanics and really strong theme of this game. We look forward to getting to play a lot more of it in the days to come. Until next time, thanks again for joining us.